Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. Space. Some regions are vast and empty, other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from? You are listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Welcome to Scuderia F1, the podcast that's always up to speed with the latest Formula One news. Follow us on Twitter at Scuderia F1 Pod and subscribe to the show on iTunes and Stitcher. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Daly and Kevin Laramay. Hey everybody, welcome to the show this week. Mark Daly here, flying solo on episode 53 of Scuderia Formula One. Yes, Kevin is away for a well-earned vacation this week, so I'm going to try and keep this thing going for, well, I was hoping for about half an hour, but uh, we'll see how this uh, turns out. And for those of you who are regular listeners to the show, you know that Kevin and I tend to bounce ideas and discussion topics back and forth. So this is a little bit different for me. I've only hosted the show a couple of times on my own in the past. So I'm definitely going to try and do my best. So I hope you'll bear with me. So the Formula One is back after the summer break. Obviously, we had the Belgian Grand Prix. And it's a quick turnaround because by the time most of you listen to this podcast, we will be into the free practice sessions for the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, which has to be one of the highlights of the Formula One calendar. Obviously, Ferrari has a strong car and a strong team this year. And what with all the hundreds of thousands of Tifosi, the the Ferrari fans, it's always a treat to watch the atmosphere around Monza. But before we talk about that and talk about the Belgian Grand Prix, there's uh, several items of news that have come up in Formula One around the paddock over the past several days. And it's been quite interesting to see what uh, what's going on. We have uh, Fernando Alonso trying to position himself for a new contract somewhere, I suppose. The FIA has clarified oil burn restrictions after the latest Mercedes engine update. Sauber explained why their deal with Honda engines for 2018 fell through. And then also the Verstappens are starting to get a little bit impatient with Max's poor results. Well, not even poor results, but let's call it a poor run of luck. He's starting to resemble poor Fernando Alonso with all the retirements and DNFs that he's had in his Red Bull this year. So anyways, let's start first of all with uh, Fernando Alonso. And he said that after... Anyways, let's start with Fernando Alonso. And he said over the next few weeks, we'll determine where he's going to drive in 2018. There are obviously a lot of big question marks surrounding Fernando Alonso in Formula 1 for 2018 and beyond. 
And it really is a big question as to whether or not he's going to come back to McLaren. And of course, McLaren, that is an ongoing saga with the problems that they've had with the Honda engine over the past couple of years, and specifically this year, and whether or not they're going to stick with them long term. But uh, Alonso has claimed to have multiple offers for next year to drive in Formula One. He said 60% of which he has rejected. So that would be interesting to find out which 40% of the offers he has, well, I guess maybe not dismissed out of hand for, for 2018. So I guess we will find out in the next couple of uh, couple of weeks. Obviously, I think that the Formula One silly season has not quite been so silly as it has been in previous years. I thought that the announcement before Spa that both Kimi Raikkonen and and I was going to say Fernando Alonso, and Sebastian Vettel had re-signed for Ferrari for next year, Raikkonen uh, penning another one-year deal with the Scuderia, and Sebastian Vettel signing a new three-year deal. That, to me, seemed a little bit almost a, a foregone conclusion. There hasn't been really any discussion about what Seb was going to do for next year, but it just seemed, especially with Ferrari getting a very competitive car this year and Vettel winning races for them, it just seemed like an inevitability that he would stay with them. And honestly, where else could you possibly go if you're Sebastian Vettel? And I think that the only sensible option would be Mercedes. And of course, that still has to be played out and figured out because Valtteri Bottas still has one year on his contract. But that is an option that will be picked up or not picked up by Mercedes. But that leaves the the big question. Has Valtteri Bottas done enough so far through the first half of the Formula One season to earn himself that drive for next year for the Silver Arrows? You have to think that he's done a pretty good job. He's won some races for them. He's currently sitting third in the World Drivers' Championship with 179 points. He's not really all that far behind Lewis Hamilton, who's in second with 213. And he's not that far behind Sebastian Vettel, who's leading it still with 220 points. So that would be the obvious seat that everybody would want to drive. And we'll have to wait and see what happens with that one. So Fernando Alonso, I really don't know. And I don't know what to expect with what's going to happen to him. And I think obviously, unless McLaren and Honda can sort out their problems and Honda can deliver that very competitive engine that they've needed so for so very long, that uh, Fernando Alonso could very well end up somewhere else. Where that might be, I'm not really all that sure. Anyways, now moving along, the FIA clarified uh, earlier this week that Mercedes Spa engine update will not be subject to the new stricter oil burn regulations that are going to be coming to effect for the rest of the year starting at Monza this weekend. In an attempt to clamp down on the team's burning oil for performance gains, the there's a limit that will be put in place uh, by the FIA that will limit the consumption of no more than 0.9 liters per 100 kilometers. But because Mercedes introduced their final engine update before the Italian Grand Prix, they're kind of grandfathered in for the, the, the rest of the season, so they are still allowed to burn oil at the previous consumption limit that is 1.2 liters per 100 kilometers and they can run that legally for the rest of the year so the FIA is also monitoring more the the oil consumption uh, situation and they've uh, they've upped it uh, in recent times and re- reminded the teams at the Azerbaijan Grand Prix that they would see any 
use of adding combustion enhancing chemicals to the oils as a breach of the, the the regulation. So just goes to prove again in Formula One that the teams are always looking for that little bit of performance in no matter what way that they can possibly find it. And it, it just all that little bit makes the difference. Okay, so now going back a little bit on Honda again, we just uh, briefly talked about that, but Sauber explained why their deal for Honda engines for 2018 fell through. And a lot of it had to do with the uncertainty with the whole situation with the McLaren and Honda and how things are going there. And also a big part of that is that uh, Honda could not guarantee a gearbox supply for Sauber for 2018. And that is one component that they do not make themselves. So it is obvious that they need something to to be part of the deal. And that was uh, the, the, the backbreaker for them. But it was very interesting how that all really played out because as I think the worst point this season when it really seemed like things were boiling over was at the Russian Grand Prix and just before that. And it's sort of steadily gotten a little bit better. Of course, uh, Fernando Alonso retired from the Belgian Grand Prix this past weekend, claiming engine problems, which is something that Honda interestingly enough refutes so we'll have to wait and see what uh, what happens there but it seems a, a bit of a stretch that uh, that one would be uh, you know contradicting the other and it seems like a, a real uh, gutsy move or even a disrespectful move if uh, Fernando Alonso just decided to park his car and say that it was uh, it was problems uh, due to the engine but who knows maybe he's trying to position himself to get out of that but anyways going back to Sauber that was something that uh, that they were looking into and was uh, being brokered by the the, the former uh, team principal Manisha Kaltenborn, who obviously isn't there anymore. But it, it's interesting how the ramifications have gone further than just between McLaren and Honda, and how that has uh, potentially ruined another deal. So. Will Honda be supplying anybody in 2018? And that is definitely a big question mark at the moment. But another team that is putting more pressure on their engine supplier is Red Bull. And Christian Horner, the team boss over there, has plainly said that they are not getting their money's worth from Renault. And, of course, this has to do with a whole spate of mechanical failures and engine problems that uh, Max Verstappen has had uh, this year in 2017. And Horner's bluntly said to Renault, get your act together. Now, it's, it's, it's pretty interesting when you look at the two Red Bull drivers. You see Danny Rick on one side, who's done pretty good so far this year. He's had a whole bunch of podium finishes. He finished third at the Belgian Grand Prix last weekend. He even managed to win the uh, Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Obviously, that was a very interesting race and uh, quite eventful, what with all the safety cars and uh, retirements. And then, of course, the clash between Hamilton and Sebastian Vettel, forcing them down the field. And then Hamilton had that problem with the, the the headrest and the head protector. But I mean, Daniel Ricardo. I mean, he's uh, currently fourth in the world championship with 132 points, and he's almost become a regular fixture up on the podium, and probably uh, has been up there at least as many times as uh, Valtteri Bottas, uh, without looking up uh, <laughs> the the podium finishes this year. But I, I think definitely he's finished higher than uh, Kimi Raikkonen, and of course he's ahead of Kimi Raikkonen 
in the World Championship by a mere four points. But just going back to the the, the whole issue that they're having with uh, with uh, Renault, and it's kind of been an ongoing saga, I think, for the past couple of years. And I think it goes back to maybe even 2014, what with the introduction of the new V6 hybrid turbos. And Renault just haven't seemed to have gotten it right, and, and, and Red Bull are really starting to get frustrated with that. And you can understand why. And I don't think it's so much as some of the veiled comments that uh, Jos Verstappen has made uh, earlier this week that you have to question everything that's going on at Red Bull Racing. But I, I think that Verstappen has just unfortunately been just unlucky with the, the the problems that he's had. We saw him pull over in Canada. We saw it in, well, Austria, he got taken out in that first corner, but he had clutch problems and then engine problems. It just seems to have been a whole spate of different problems that the poor guy's been having week in and week out. But obviously with the engines not being quite up to power is a big issue for them. And obviously I, th- I think for me that despite the, the the podium finishes and the impressive things that Danny Ricardo has done this year, I think still that Red Bull is a bit of a disappointment. I was expecting more from them, but I was un- underwhelmed and disappointed right from winter testing when they are obviously not as quick as Ferrari or Mercedes, and they seem to be lacking that pace. And I was really hoping that once they got racing, that they would be able to develop the car more and find some more speed. But again, you get a very big drop-off when you get past uh, the, the Mercedes, the Ferraris. Well, maybe once you get past the two Mercedes and Sebastian Vettel, that uh, that maybe then is the best of the rest, which makes the, the Raikkonen signing for Ferrari all the more interesting, even though that it is for a year. What with uh, Sergio Marchionne, the president of uh, Ferrari, earlier this year flatly saying that that uh, that Kimi Raikkonen needed to do more. He wasn't really contributing to the team's goals. And if you look at the Constructors' Championship, that Ferrari is still not quite close enough to, to Mercedes, obviously. Mercedes is, uh, well, they're about 50 points ahead of them, 392 points compared to 348 in the Constructors' Championship. So not necessarily a done deal for that uh, for that hardware, for that trophy at the end of the year. But uh, definitely, I think that uh, Kimi Raikkonen is going to have to step up and uh, really deliver results. And I think it was interesting, too, how uh, Valtteri Bottas wasn't really a factor this past weekend at uh, at spa but it uh it, that's the way it goes uh, all eyes were on lewis hamilton and sebastian vettel but more on that in a minute but just going back to the situation at uh, at red bull and uh, jos verstappen uh, said earlier this week that he and max are really starting to question whether or not red bull can get everything going turn the whole situation around with renault and they're just becoming very frustrated and you can understand why i mean obviously max is a phenomenal talent i mean he's earned his way into one of the formula one's top teams at a very young age for a, a very good reason and we've seen in his time with uh, red bull and even before that at toro rosa what his his uh his talent is and what his skills are i mean i think everybody will talk about the 2016 brazilian grand prix for many many years to come because i think that was to a certain degree maybe even more than max's win 
at Spain in 26, a bit of a coming out party because he was absolutely phenomenal, doing the things that only Max Verstappen can do, finding grip on parts of the track that other drivers in different cars couldn't find, just uh, passing everybody in the rain and just so much faster than, than anyone else. And I, I think from that point, we were expecting coming into 2017 with the new regulations, the new cars, the, the wider, grippier tires, that we were going to see good things from Max Verstappen. And certainly again, earlier in the year at the Chinese Grand Prix in Shanghai, that in similar circumstances to Brazil last year, although it wasn't a completely wet race. I mean, Brazil was absolutely torrential downpour and was uh, was stopped at one point while they waited for the weather to ease up. But uh, still, Max had an impressive opening lap. Uh, he didn't qualify all that well, but he managed to fly around and, and make up for that deficit that he incurred because of his uh, poor qualification. And it's uh, it's a shame that we have not been able to see Max do better things or more things this year because he's been um, having to park his car on the side of the track. So you can understand that too, because I mean, he he's, he seems to be faster times than uh, Danny Ricardo. He's, uh, he's uh, I think he's out-qualified fight him more. And unfortunately, we had that situation, although that Max did very well at the Hungarian Grand Prix just a couple of weeks ago, the last race before the summer break, that result for Max is going to be tinted, tainted, I should say, more than tinted, by the fact that he and um, Daniel Ricciardo had that coming together just after the, the first couple of turns when Max locked up his brakes and then plowed into the side of Ricciardo's car and that was it. <laughs> Ricardo did not make it very much further and had to to pull over and retire after that. But I do understand their 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 frustration. And uh, Max says that he's he's disappointed, or at least his dad says that uh, that he's disappointed and finding it difficult to stay motivated. Just wondering if the car is going to stay reliable and actually get you through a race. So. There, there are still plenty of races left, but I mean, Max has sadly become a, a bit of a, I wouldn't say an also ran, but uh, I mean, he only has 67 points in the, the, the driver's championship. I mean, Kimi Raikkonen has 128th and he's fifth. So one place ahead of Max in the, in the driver's championship. So there's a lot of ground that he would have to make up even to catch up with uh, Kimi Raikkonen who's in front of him. But let's talk more now about the, the World Championship. Obviously, what's with the Belgian Grand Prix last weekend? It was, uh, it was game on again. And what we saw was that, well, almost more the same. I, I think that we've seen quite a few times this year. And I think it's interesting that even though that uh, Sebastian Vettel didn't quite get the pole position for that race, obviously that, uh, that went to Lewis Hamilton, equaling the legendary Michael Schumacher's career total of 68. So Lewis obviously still uh, going strong in Formula One. And he's admitted this year that he really believes that this title battle that he's having with Vettel is going to be, it's going to go right down to the wire at Abu Dhabi at the end of uh, November. And obviously, we've seen that several times over the past couple of years. Obviously, last year uh, was the most recent example with uh, the, the the championship going to Nico Rosberg in in a very, very exciting finale to, to last year. Obviously, Rosberg just literally hung on to the to the championship by the skin of his teeth but th there's a, a lot that that, uh, that Lewis 
Hamilton says, and I, I really agree with him. When you see that how close they were the entire race, that 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 Lewis Hamilton was only able to beat Sebastian Vettel by only a two and a half, less than two and a half seconds, just to close that gap a little bit more. And there's still everything to play for. Obviously, we go to Italy and then that wraps up the Euro- European portion. And then we've got other races. We'll have Singapore, Malaysia, Mexico, the USA, and, uh, and a lot more races coming up. So there's plenty to fight for. But when you think over that length of uh, Spa, Spa Francorchamps, that uh, after it was all said and done, and even after the safety car and different strategies between the two, that uh, that Ferrari was only 2.3 seconds behind the, the Mercedes, I think is uh, very encouraging for anybody that is cheering for Sebastian Vettel. Because Spa was one of those tracks that was supposed to be I think, more in favor of the Mercedes. Of course, Seb never really got close enough to make a move on uh, Lewis. He did try and push right after that restart, after the safety car went back into the pits. And even Sebastian Vettel admitted after the race that he pushed a little bit too soon. And then afterwards, uh, Lewis Hamilton was able just to open up that gap and keep Sebastian just at arm's length. But still, I mean, it's a good result uh, for both of them. And it keeps the, the championship very, very, close and it, it makes it very very exciting and just looking at the the driver standings like I was saying earlier obviously it's uh, Vettel on top leading Hamilton by 200 or sorry not by 213 points but 220 points to 213 so a very very narrow gap of only seven points but it's it's going to be fascinating to watch when Formula One goes to Monza this weekend. And obviously, you're going to have to think, what with all the Tifosi there, that uh, Ferrari is going to have an emotional boost of at least an additional 50 horsepower. I, I mean, I say that in jest, of course, but it is uh, Ferrari's uh, home circuit. And uh, there's uh, obviously a lot of pressure on them to perform in front of their home fans and their drivers are wanting to to do well. And that's why I think also it was interesting that the the new contracts for Vettel and Raikkonen were announced before the Belgian Grand Prix. I would have expected just from based on nothing other than my own opinion and my own, I suppose, logic and just thinking about the situation that if they were going to announce the new contracts for both of their drivers for 2018 that uh, Monza seemed like the logical place but perhaps they want to keep the discussion focused to more uh, more I suppose things that are happening on the track rather than off it and maybe limit some of those uh, distractions to the, the the racing at hand but anyways the, the the Belgian Grand Prix last weekend of course won by Lewis Hamilton and then uh, Sebastian Vettel in second Daniel Ricciardo third, Kimi Raikkonen in fourth, and Valtteri Bottas in fifth. And a very impressive sixth-place finish for Nico Hulkenberg. Then you have Roman Grosjean, Felipe Massa, Esteban Oka, and Carlos Sainz finishing off the top 10. Now, wasn't that another weekend of just unbelievable things happening between the two Force India drivers? Most notably was the coming together, going down the Kessel Strait there, going into Eau Rouge when Sergio Perez put the squeeze on his teammate Esteban Ocon and uh, his uh, front wing disintegrated and all that debris on the track is what brought the safety car out. 
And uh, the, the fallout from that is obviously that uh, Force India is not pleased because both of their cars were damaged and had to come back into the pits. Uh, Ocon was able to get around quicker, but uh, Perez did a bit of a job on himself by pulling over and then hitting uh, his teammate uh, Ocon's uh, front wing because the end plate uh, looks like it punctured his tire because uh so Perez managed to limp around with a punctured tire only to lose it a couple of corners later and then <laughs> had to limp all the way back to the pits. Basically, I would say at least three quarters of the length around Formula One's longest track was not a good thing. And Perez actually did not finish the race in the end. And that was just uh, it was a shame because uh, for Force India, they haven't been quite what you would expect. I, I mean, they're always there or thereabouts. I mean, they're still fourth in the world championship and the constructors uh, champion uh, championship with 103 points which is very very respectable they're they're well ahead of mercedes uh, williams mercedes i should say in fifth position have only got 45 points so they they look like they're pretty good at this point that uh, they could hold on to that but i mean they're they're quite a ways behind red bull who are at uh, have 199 but to to throw away points like that in the constructors championship is just a, a bad thing and i know that esteban Ocon, if you read all the things and all the things that were said after the race has not been too impressed by his teammate and said that he wanted to speak to him man to man and get this thing sorted out and he said uh, it, he just couldn't believe that he put his life at risk when they were going down a stretch of a road there on the track that was in excess of 300 kilometers an hour and to come together like that just going into Eau Rouge obviously a very very, very dangerous situation, but it was it, it was a great start to the race. When you look at the starting grid for this one, and you see that you had obviously uh, Lewis Hamilton starting Sebastian Vettel, then Botas and Raikkonen on the second row, which you would expect, and then the two Red Bulls on row three. But again, a very very good qualifying seventh for Nico Hulkenberg in the Renault. And then you had an eighth and ninth Perez and Ocon. So disappointing for them. I mean, Ocon at least managed to get back to where he at least qualified to get some some points out of it. But you look also down further down the down the the, the starting grid, how things played out in qualifying. You have the Williams again, kind of not really anywhere. 15th and 16th, of course, there were some grid penalties incurred there. And then the crazy one of the entire weekend, I, I just had to laugh and shake my head at uh, the way that they hand out some of these penalties. Stoffel Van Doren didn't even bother qualifying because no matter what, he was going to be handed a 65 grid place penalty for all the different components and mechanical bits and pieces that were going to get changed on his car. And it really kind of <laughs> leads to the, the question, like, why bother if you're going to fall that far down the, the 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 starting order because of the things that you're doing to upgrade your car and fix some of the problems it, it just seems a, a bit ridiculous to just say okay well you're going to start last and just leave it at that it just seems to me uh, really really ridiculous but I suppose to a certain extent, it seemed like a, a bit of a foregone conclusion, this one. Uh, Lewis Hamilton had a good start. It was a clean start. Obviously, we've seen very <laughs> a lot of comings together on the first uh, corner at uh, La Source at uh, Sprath-Francorchamps over the years. But uh, fortunately, this uh, this year, they all got through cleanly. But Lewis, I thought, had a very, very good start and managed to pull out, uh, get away quicker 
better than any of the cars behind him. And that's uh, really what he needed. Uh, Vettel, of course, tried to to get close uh, many occasions, but uh, just uh, necessarily couldn't get close enough to to really push Lewis and and really challenge him to get first place. And then also we saw earlier in the, the, the race, of course, we saw Fernando Alonso really pushing up there as well. Unfortunately, he did make some uh, moves and some uh, overtaking maneuvers, but then sadly he did end up sort of dropping down the race order uh, quite a bit. But of course, uh, Fernando Alonso, where did he start? So I'm just going to take a quick look. He was... And started in 10th. So not a bad uh, starting position for, for the Spaniard. But of course, he did fade through the race. And like we were talking about a little bit earlier, he did retire and blamed it on the Honda engine. And he did complain quite a bit uh, of times uh, during the race that he was losing power. And it's just uh, kind of uh, amusing sometimes when you hear some of the things that uh, Fernando, some of his, uh, quick, uh, his quips over race radio whenever he's complaining about the Honda engine. But anyways, uh, like I say, I thought it was a, a good result, uh, obviously, for, for Hamilton to, to pull closer again to Sebastian Vettel. Obviously, a great result for, for Danny Ricardo. But again, uh, just talking about uh, Valtteri Bottas, fifth position is uh, a bit of a, a surprise. I mean, he's been obviously quite competitive uh, this year, and he's uh, obviously won a couple of races here and there. And to to see him sort of not really challenging for anything and just to sort of down there a, a little ways and not really in the thick of things was a, a bit of an odd situation. Botas said uh, himself that uh, he didn't really have any reason or explanation to why he just uh, couldn't do well at, uh, at Spa, but maybe that uh, is uh, one of those questions you have to ask. Is Mercedes now starting to put all their eggs into one basket and really concentrating more on making sure that uh, Lewis Hamilton has the car that he needs to really push and fight and um, perhaps win a fourth world championship this year. So uh, we'll, we'll find out again this weekend when they all go to Monza and we don't have very long to wait for it. So anyways, uh, I think that's about as far as I'm going to go this uh, this week on my own. I thank you all very much uh, for listening and for your patience and hanging out over the for, for the past couple of hours. Or past couple of hours, uh, heaven forbid, uh, I don't think I could do that in one sitting, even if uh, Kevin was here. I want to thank uh, Daniel Hall for sending in a, a nice long uh, message. He he talked uh, quite a bit about uh, the a, a bit of the predictability of Spa and just his uh, his very his his profound disappointment at uh, the the disappointing DF and, uh, DNFs, and also for for Max Verstappen. And uh, he said that uh, that the McLaren syndrome seems to be spreading to Max's Red Bull's car. And uh, what with half his season basically being DNFs, that Red Bull need to get uh, get it in check, as he said, and uh, they need to feel it, or Max is uh, going to go. And then finally, uh, Daniel says that uh, since Ferrari's silly season was boring, and honestly, it it, it was. I was kind of, I was really surprised uh, that uh, that Raikkonen was given another deal but of course there are so many things that go on behind the scenes uh, that uh, we're not necessarily privy to but uh, he said now that uh, he's hoping for a little drama for Mercedes for 2018 obviously uh, uh, Botas's contract is uh, up in the air I'm sure he would obviously want to come back for another year perhaps 
uh, several more with the silver arrows. But uh, Daniel says that uh, perhaps a, a Botas Verstappen coin toss. And then finally he finishes off. One thing is for sure, he says, Alonso has to get out of McLaren. So <laughs> we will find out in a couple of weeks. Anyways, that's a wrap for this episode of Scuderia Formula One, the podcast that is always up to speed with Formula One racing. Anyways, if you want to get in touch, you can tweet us at Scuderia F1 Pod or send us an email at Scuderia F1 Pod at gmail.com. On behalf of myself and Kevin Laramay, this is Mark Daly signing off and saying, I'll see you this time next week. Thanks for listening to the Scuderia F1 podcast. If you want to get the show notes for this episode, then head over to ScuderiaF1Pod.com. Want to get in touch with us? Then email us at ScuderiaF1Pod at gmail.com. You were listening to SPN, the Sports Podcasting Network. Visit us, sportspodcastingnetwork.com. Space. Some regions are vast and empty. Other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from? Space. Some regions are vast and empty. Other areas we call closets. Fortunately, Kevin from the Container Store has answers. Hmm, right. Kevin, what gives you the power over space? I'd say Alpha Customizable Closets. With free design and Alpha's adjustable shelving and drawers, I can create space in any size closet. Kevin, master of space and closets. Or just Kevin. Plus, right now, save 30% on Alpha and installation and earn up to $500 in credit through February 10th. At the Container Store, where space comes from. Where is that music coming from?